Well, good morning, everyone, on this very special weekend. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms here at CLA. We love you. May I take a minute just to say hi to my mom, as well as my mother-in-law, who I believe is watching all the way from BC this morning. I love you both dearly. Thank you for the care, the support, the love that you've shown to our family all of these years. We would not be where we're at today without the support of our extended family. I honor you today. And of course, Devin, my wife, the mother of our six children. We are celebrating 14 years of marriage this past week. What a journey we have been on together. I would not want to do it with anyone else. We have been through so much together. And after 16 years of knowing you, I am so confident in saying that you have been the greatest gift in my life. The way that you care for me, support me, pull the best out of me, babe, it is such a gift. Thank you. The way I watch you raise our children, your consistency, your just ability to walk through any circumstance with, with such grace. I know that your influence goes way beyond these walls as I sit here at our kitchen table. You have brought so much life and love to many, many women, many families, and for that I honor you today. I love you. Church, I wanna make a statement. I believe all of us will agree with this. It goes like this. The most powerful, the most influential force on the earth today is the faith of a godly mother. The most influential thing is the faith of a mother who trusts in the Lord. As I open up my thoughts today, I want to turn to Hebrews chapter 11. If you know this chapter, you would recognize that it is all about the heroes of the faith. The writer of Hebrews takes us down this journey of reminding us of who in the Old Testament had great faith. And as I landed on verse 23, there was so much that I received from these few verses that I, I knew I needed to unpack this morning. So we're taking a pause on our future church series and we're focusing on our moms just for a few minutes this morning. Let's dive in together. It's about a wonderful woman, in starting in verse 23 here, a woman who came from slavery, who to the, the normal eye, had really no influence whatsoever with people around her, yet the Lord chose her to raise one of the most influential generals of the faith that we find in Scripture, and that was Moses. His mom, Jochebed, was a fantastic woman. Her name actually meant Jehovah is glorious. And let's look at these few verses as we uh, move towards my thoughts this morning. Verse 23. It was by faith that Moses' parents hid him from three, hid him for three months when he was born. They saw that God had given them an unusual child, and they were not afraid to disobey the king's command. It was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. He thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt. For he was looking ahead to his great reward. 
It was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He kept right on going because he kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. I love these verses. There's a few things I want us all to see in this passage of scripture regarding really attributes of, uh, of a mom who raises their child through the eyes of faith. The first thing I want us to look at is what I'm going to call a faith that has eyes to see. Faith that has eyes to see the promises of God that we have received for our lives. That all the moms, I believe, that are watching today have felt the Lord speak into their lives for their families. The Word of God is full of promises for our moms. And the Bible says here in Hebrews 11 verse 23 that Moses' parents saw that he was an unusual child. Unusual meaning exceptional, unordinary, beautiful, goodly. Some versions, older versions say it all means that he was a very fitting and special child. And when they looked at their child, they did not see him through ordinary eyes. Jochebed saw her child through the eyes of faith and through the word of God. Because remember, nobody can have faith apart from the word of God because the Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verse 17, that faith comes by hearing and by hearing the word of God. And so as they, as she looked at her son through the word of God and embraced his identity, God then put these things together with his love and his wonderful plan for Moses. And he said that, this child was special. Remember that. As I think about our own kids, our firstborn Paisley, I remember coming home from the hospital, getting down on my knees in those first few days and, and really dedicating our child to Jesus. Not publicly that like we did later, but between the Lord and I, dedicating her and all of our children to the Lord as they, as we had the privilege of bringing them home to our family. I remember saying, God, I give you my daughter. And I also give you Devin and I afresh. Help us to be godly parents. Help us to set an example for her. I watched Devin do this weekly with our kids, looking them straight in the eye and and pouring into them an identity that comes from the Lord. Thank you for setting that example in our family. But as you know, sometimes our children can be, well, exasperating, very overwhelming to the point where we're not so proud of some of the reactions or moments that we have uh, created for our kids. There's a father and son who are having a huge argument. Maybe some of you can relate. And the son said to the father, well, I didn't ask to be born in this family. And the dad said, well, if you had, the answer would have been no. Now, of course, I say that jokingly, but sometimes we feel that way. Church, children are a gift from God. They truly are. And we need to look at them as a great bundle of potential. Not just what we see in front of us and the frustrations that we find ourselves uh, wrestling through on a daily basis, but looking at their potential. That's what 
Moses' mother did. That's what we read back in the Old Testament scriptures there from the story of Moses as well as here in the book of Hebrews. She saw that he was an exceptional child, a proper child, but remember, they have to be developed. So that brings me to the second thing that I want us to see in this passage. Not only a faith that has eyes to see, but a faith that takes action. Action that turns the promise that we have received from God into accomplishment. Let me explain that for a few minutes. This is so very, very important. It's not just enough for us to say, well, I'm going to trust our child. We're going to trust our children to, to the Lord. I'm going to you know, pray over them, pray over our, our babies, and, and then we'll be all right. That's not enough. We know that. I, I'm saying that to remind us all. Look at the scripture where Moses' parents hid him for three months when he was born. For three months they hid him. Now I'm going to tell us a little more about this background in just a minute, but look at the verb. He, he was hid. They hid him. That is when they had faith, they did something about their faith. And with that faith, they took action. True faith, listen carefully, must have action in it or it is not faith at all. Now, Pharaoh had said to all, about all of the baby boys, the Jewish baby boys of that time, that they were going to be cast into the river Nile and be drowned. We know the story. If you haven't read it, go back and read it. It is extraordinary. He was very intimidated by these Jewish males and he knew that he needed to take some swift action so that their influence wouldn't continue to grow in the land. He was almost afraid of them. And so there went out a law, there was a death warrant for the lives of these boys. And the Bible says that when Jochebed and Amram, her, uh, Moses' father, Amram, had little Moses, they got a word from God. And rather than letting the authorities know that this baby boy had been born, they hid the baby. And they hid the baby for three months, as I said. Because they had faith, they did all that they could do to spare the life of their child. Extraordinary. Now, there are a few things that they could have done in, in this moment. They could have remained passive and said, well, you know, what will be will be. We'll just have to kind of figure it out as we go. We'll just, we'll trust God. And if God wants to spare him, then then, then we'd be so grateful. But if if God chooses to, for him to die, then 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 we'll, we'll we'll just trust his will. Now I understand the heart behind that, but church, that's not faith. That's something that's called passivity, or even a more intense term, it's called fatalism. That's just like saying, well, if I'm sick, well, if God wants to heal me, awesome, He can heal me, but I'm not going to go see a doctor. That's ridiculous. Even Jesus, in his own words, in Mark 2, 17, said, those who are sick need a doctor. I'm going to trust my children to Jesus, yes, and I'm going to give my child to the Lord, of course, but if you also don't do something with that heart posture, then I don't think we're putting our faith to action. And that's what I really want us to see this morning. It's, it's really not faith at all without action, as the scripture says. The verse, James 2, 17 and 18, in the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. 
But someone will say, you have faith and I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds and I will show you my faith by my deeds. If we want our children or our grandchildren or our nephews and nieces to be mighty for God, then we have to put the work in. We have to get to work as influencers of those in the next generation. It is so important. Proverbs 22, verse 6. Train up a child. Train up a child in the way that he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. This is the example that Moses' mother set for us. If you were looking... If you want to look up training in in the dictionary, as I did, you would find it to be described as something like this, training to prepare for a contest, to instruct by exercise, to, to drill, to form a proper shape, to discipline for use. Now that's what God wants us to do with our kids. We need to train them. We need to direct them down the right path. I'll guarantee you that the best athletes that we know on the planet today and, and, and prior to, uh, to 2021, all through history, these athletes didn't get to where they got by just hearing somebody talk about the sport or somebody teaching them about it. Although that's a great thing, they had to be trained. No matter how much natural ability they had, they had to have trained and continued to train for their whole careers in, to- in order to reach their fullest potential. That's the difference between teaching and directing our children or training our children. You can teach your child what is right, but if you neglect to guide them in the right example or in the right direction by example, somebody or something else will come along with other perspectives, with other ideas, with with other ways of thinking and will guide them in a completely different way direction. Now I know some of you watching this morning can relate to that. It is a very difficult and challenging experience to have with our kids, but it's a part of understanding the responsibility as a mother and a father to raise our kids and to direct them down a path that God has for them. Like the little kids that we see Uh, I'm reminded of a story, a little kid that's on a tricycle and he's out in the front of his his house and he's racing around and round and round the block. And a a man is watching what is taking place and he's kind of humored by what's happening in this moment. And he stops the child and he says, "What, what are you doing son? Why are you just racing round and round and round the block? And he said, well, I'm running away from home. And the the man chuckled and he says, well, how can you do that? You're just going around the block. You're not actually going anywhere. And he says, well, I know that, but my mom says that I'm too young to cross the street. Now, a funny story, but has actually a very powerful lesson behind it where even in his rebellion, there is that directive nature of a mother a mother's love and a mother's training that keeps this child on the straight and narrow. Something to think about this morning. Next, I want to talk about a faith that is not afraid or a faith's valor. 
Again, Hebrews 23, if we look at this passage, it says, they refused to be afraid of the king's order. The king said that these little babies were to be killed, but mom was not afraid of this command. And you know, that's an absolutely wonderful thing. I have people today say to me, Tim, these are such fearful and overwhelming times that we live in. Is it even worth making the effort to to bring a family into this world, to extend the family that we already have? True story, I've had these conversations with, with young couples about the, the trial that they're feeling uh, with, with how difficult it is today to raise kids. Is it worth it? I would say this, and you know my answer. Yes, 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 it is. You know why? Because we need God-fearing, Bible-believing families to help build into this next generation. We need an army, an army that understands who God is. We do not need to be afraid. We need to take a position and a posture of faith for our children and our future grandchildren. Yes, these are wild days in which we live, but think about what the days were like during Moses' time, during uh, this this slavery that they were experiencing uh, for their lives here in Egypt. Pharaoh had said that all the baby boys, Jewish boys, would be killed. They were seemingly helpless as slaves to, to be able to, uh, uh, to, to avoid this reality for their child. Very dangerous days. Yet, 2 Timothy 3.11 says this, that in the last days, perilous times shall come. Let's talk about that. That word perilous is only used one other time in the New Testament, and it's translated exceedingly fierce. If you can imagine relating the days that we're in to some of these very trying times that we read about in the Old Testament. These are exceedingly fierce days, but just like Moses' parents looked past the king of Egypt to the king of kings, we need to do the same. We gotta look past what we see in the natural today and look to our Savior, to God, for His guidance, His support, His care, His wisdom as we raise our families and as we influence those around us. Next, I want us to see a faith that claims the victory. This is number four, faith that claims the victory. 11 Chapter 11, verse 24 again. It was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Well, who was Pharaoh's daughter and what happened? If you remember, the little Moses was hidden in the the bulrushes. And after three months, where clearly they were able to hide him there, after three months, they couldn't do that anymore. So they did the next best thing. They took a bunch of reeds and some dirt and and some of the water from the River Nile, and they made this little ark, and they they created this little this little carrying unit, little craft that they could put Moses into, out of obedience to what they felt the Lord was asking of them as as his parents. They uh, and and Jacob had kissed her little baby. She put him inside. God, this is all that I can do now. The Bible says, as she 
in faith, released her child into that river. And they put Moses in that craft. And we know Miriam, who was Moses' older sister, watched from a close distance to see where this little craft would land. She stood there knowing the total vulnerability that her little brother was in, but again, trusting God with his life. About that same time, Pharaoh's daughter, who was present um, in that moment, God's hand was on this. God performed a miracle by putting them there for that moment. And just as they got down there, Moses started to cry, of course, to bring attention to his little life. And they connected. And it says this in the Bible, the sister says, if you want, as she, as she discovered this baby and, and, and grabbed the craft and pulled the baby out, Miriam showed up out of nowhere and, and said, if you want uh, to keep this baby, I know someone that, that would be glad to nurse her for you. I know a mother who is ready to do so. And Pharaoh's daughter, as we know, said, well, go find her. Can you imagine, can you imagine that the daughter of the king of Egypt taking a suggestion from a little slave girl, but she did only by the providence of God, such a powerful moment. And so when Jochebed comes back to Pharaoh's daughter, she says to her, if I paid you, would you take care of this baby for me? Jochebed said, I, I'll do that if you pay me. And so she is now compensated for taking care of her own baby now in the hands of the of the king's daughter wow this is just an amazing thing to think about how all of this unfolded through the faith of this young woman god moved heaven and earth because a mother and father knew how to believe god and to get a hold of god and to raise a child by faith you and I can do the same in Jesus' name. It's a wonderful victory that they received and that I believe we can receive from the Lord as well for our kids. Mothers, you need to believe in God. You need to trust God. Be mothers of faith day after day, little by little, line upon line. And as the Bible says, precept upon precept. Jochebed was teaching and training that little boy. So when he came of age, God had engineered through a mother's faith, a faith in the heart of her son, Moses. When she now received him back into her care, there was something that took place so intentionally that put into him a foundation that would never leave him for the rest of his life. That was the result. And that's the last thing that I want to touch on before I close this morning. Don't miss this. We've talked about faith that has eyes to see, faith that takes action, faith that's not afraid, a faith that claims a victory. And lastly, to, to sum this all up, I, I want us to look at a faith that endures, that endures when parents um, take the time to invest in their kids in the most intentional way. Now let's pay attention because this is the climax of the whole thing today. As I bring this to a close, there's a great battle going on today over values. Moses had an incredible value system. Now he could have been the king of all Egypt when he got older. He was standing in line to be the next pharaoh 
But the Bible says that he refused it. He refused power and possession and, and position too. Because Why? Because he chose to suffer the sh- uh, and share in the oppression of God's people. Why did he do that? Church, why did he do that? Here is why. Because he valued the admiration of Christ, the, uh, of Christ's greater treasure than all the treasures of Egypt. That's what he valued. The only reason he valued that is because of what was invested into him at a young age by his mother. Now here's how his value system worked. Let me break this down for you. First of all, he did some esteeming. He said over here, over here is the treasures of Egypt and over here are the glories of God. He saw this and he knew this. He saw and said, if I go this way, I'll have power and I'll have possession and I'll have prestige. But if I go this way, then I'll have God. I will have eternal relationship with God. And he said, I think I'm going to go this way. Now it's foolish to try to get your children to make a decision unless they have something to decide. Unless you have shown them and set by example the riches of Jesus. When he saw this, first of all, he recognized value and then he chose. He said, I'll go this way. But in order to go this way, he had to leave the other way. He refused in order to choose. There must be an esteeming and then a choosing and then a refusing of the pressures of this world. It's no different then as it is now. And the Bible tells us in Acts 7 verse 22 that he was learned and he was skilled in all the wisdom of the Egyptians. But his mother put something in his heart that all those university professors, all of those people that influenced his lives in the Egyptian culture could not take away. Why? Because the years when she had influence over him, she taught him, she directed him, she led by example and introduced him to something that made it worth losing all the riches of the world. I cannot stop thinking about this. The amount of faith that Jacob had had for her child is extraordinary. She was a mother of faith. What have we modeled to the next generation that is greater than what the world has to offer? That's my question. What have we modeled? What have you modeled that is greater than what the world has to offer? I've been wrestling through this question for quite a few days now and I pray that you would do the same today these thoughts are not to make you feel judged or overwhelmed but they're thoughts to challenge you that we have such a responsibility to raise this next generation to love God to fear God to admire God and his presence to be overwhelmed by the goodness of Jesus That is our responsibility. By the grace of God, I pray that the Lord would guide you. The Lord would give you the wisdom and the faith to be the best that you can be for your kids, for your grandkids, for your nieces, for your nephews, for this next generation. We can do this together. 
And I close with what I ended with, that the most powerful force on this earth, the most influential people on the planet are mothers that have a faith, a godly faith, to believe the best for their children. Let's pray as I close this morning. Father, I thank you that you have given us these few minutes to think about what it means to be a person of faith. As we honor our moms today, we thank you for the investment and the example that they have been to so many that are watching today. We are who we are because of the intentionality, the wisdom, the moments of, of, of teaching that we have been given. They haven't always been easy and it hasn't always made sense, but as I grow and as I get older and as I begin to now raise teenagers, I recognize how important it is to show my children the beauty and the majesty and the glory of, of who God is. Would, Lord, would you give us everything that we need? Would you help us to not walk by sight, but that we would turn and walk with faith, faith with action, faith that endures, faith that's not afraid, Lord, faith that has um, uh, an understanding that you can do all things and we can do all things through you. Lord, I ask as we close this morning that, that you would bring us to a place of, of understanding, you would surround us, encourage us, and to bring each family closer together as we spend time honoring our moms on this day. I thank you for these things in Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Love you, CLA. God bless you. Enjoy your afternoon. Take care of your moms. Wrap your arms around them. Encourage them. And know that we are with you as a church. We'll be online for the next few weeks. Tune in next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. If you need anything, let us know. Call us, email us at info at clacalgary.com and we will be there to help. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you.